The steamy, harmonious noise of the metro made an eccentric, peaceful environment on that December evening. John, with his fast reflexes, looked upon the passengers opposite to him again and again, and then going back to the novel he was trying to focus on. He flipped another page and again dug into his thoughts to find the unknown he was trying to discover. And with a little pinch of effort, there it was, in front of him. Ten seconds later, John was clear in his mind. The sparky glow in the eyes of Alex, John couldn't see it there anymore. Alex didn't flinch his eyes away from the screen of his phone. Five years later, a pea cap and a long beard with a few silver strokes had almost made him look like a different person. An awkward hello, old friend, with a fainting smile. And John finally initiated a conversation with his old friend. Ten minutes into talking, and John and Alex were again in the same tone they used to be five years ago. John was surprised to see the change in the weather of a friend who had the brightest mood. What happened to him? He wondered in his head. Things have been quite hard on me, and I'm alone in all of this, said Alex, when John tried to investigate his situation, leaving him clueless on what's happening. Hey, I'm all ears, brother, replied John, showcasing sympathy to his former best friend. Alex described his life, how his whole family is no more with him, and his wife's going mad. And then bursting into tears, everything's gone crazy, was something John listened while Alex was bursting. John came close to him and put his hand on Alex's shoulder. An old woman standing near them closely observed the scene and then looked away as soon as John noticed her. John drove his attention back to Alex and quickly questioned him how his life came to all this dreadfulness. We played that damn game, Alex said, continuing his explanation with, Things went great after I left the corporate. I know you hated me for leaving such a lavish job, but it was my best decision. Three years of dedication, and I was promoted as the HR manager. Aha, uh -huh, you would have been jealous if you were there that day. I scored the job, and I scored Krista. She was in the company as well. We got married, had a beautiful baby, and a beautiful life. Out of all things, Krista loved those supernatural movies, and we were, we were watching that horror TV show one night. And she comes up with this board game to speak to spirits. You see those alphabetical ordered with sun and moon can be used to talk to ghosts. I never believed in all that bullshit. She didn't either, just her curiosity towards the genre, and the next moment we both were plotting to try it out. So, I was late for a meeting that Friday. I returned home from work, and I saw our room decorated with candles. A romantic night, I thought. And then she took out that big board. Alex despaired and chuckled with a hush. Even better, I thought, and we sat there on the floor, and she's wearing this white turban, trying to be a wannabe occultist, and then blabbed something stupid like she was calling those spirits. Alex went silent for a moment, and John asks, what was next, brother? Then the spirit came. She went unconscious for a minute, and then came back with a deep voice. I told her that I'm not buying this stupid prank, and Krista told me it wasn't her that it was someone else who will come again every night at 12 to visit us. Then what? John asked, completely immersed in the whole suspenseful story his friend was telling. Then the Aunt Gina from our neighborhood died. I've never seen any more horrific death before. The neighbors, including me and my wife, found her body the next day in her bathroom, after Krista heard some strange voices. Miss Gina's chest I could see a whole bathroom tile through, there was nothing in there. 
plane whole. John's legs were trembling in disbelief. And that was not the last time that happened. People started to disappear every single day, and the bodies were found later, in the same way, a hole in the chest with the heart away from its place. People started to move out of the neighborhood, and the killings continued every day or night, a dead body was found. Krista also started to look sicker, and even I considered moving out of there ASAP. While police couldn't figure out what would have been the reason for these killings and who was the serial killer, something even stranger happened. My poor wife Krista got up in the middle of the night, got out of our bedroom, went to our boys' room. And when my eyes opened and I went upstairs looking for her, she, she's eating our baby's heart out of his lifeless body. And then she winked at me with those dark eyes. This is all unbelievable, John said, sympathizing with his friend. This is where it ended. She was regretting it so badly she couldn't even face herself, let alone talk to me. The spirit never came again. I think he had his fun. In the regrets of all, Krista's silence ate her up. She started to see things. And no, it wasn't a spirit anymore. I knew it. She just went mad. I had to send her to the mental asylum. I used to go meet her every other day. With time, she made new friends in her head. I hadn't visited her in six months now. Or, I don't think she's my wife anymore. Poor Krista were the words Alex ended his explanation with. Meanwhile, John, who had been told something stupid and unbelievable by someone who never lied before. Subtly, John believed in everything Alex said. The train announced the last two stations of the route. The old woman who was 20 minutes ago staring at John and Alex was not there anymore. The train had a blunt silence, with the piercing noise of train passing through underground rails. John looked straight in the eyes of Alex. All he saw was pain, a faded pain like he surrendered. What happened to you is a crazy thing, man, and unbelievable as well, but you've my back. I know we've drifted apart, but right here I'm with you. The conversations of two friends took a lighter turn, and they both talked about the whole of their slices of life. Alex continued to tell John about his decision to return to the city and start a new life. He gave John his business ideas that ended up in John's Rob Jobs innovation list. They both chuckled on the man jokes, and John went back on his habit of describing the unraveled painful romantic novel he was reading. They both sat in silence, till the second last station came, and John stood up to make his way back to his place. But before their paths separated, John gave Alex his number again. Call me buddy if you need anything, or if you want to feel like we should vibe some other time. Yes, I'll call you. Alex said. The doors opened, and with each tap of John's shoe, he moved out of the metro. Slowly, the voice of the boots faded, and the only person left in the metro was the old friend. The metro moved again. The next week in the life of John was quite similar to his everyday life. He woke up prepared for his work, ate the same cereal, said hello to the hippies singing country songs from the 80s, took the ticket, sat on the same seat of the metro, no sign of Alex and completely immersed in the untold story of painful love, and started another book within a week, went to his job, came back, walked to the park and flirted with random girls on Twitter at night. Then one day finally the old friend called. 
Alex amusingly told John how he loved the conversations they had on that cold eve of December. Now he's feeling lighter since that day. The conversation was then directed to the main reason, and Alex politely asked John to have a sleepover at his apartment and have a typical movie night with him. On the contrary, John believed because deeply he also wanted to spend more time with Alex, just like the old days. Alex called John under his building, the sixth floor to the right, room number 11, for the directions he received. The doorbell rang, and the old friend was there with his old look, clean-shaved and trimmed hair, almost giving the smile a past. John's face giggled with laughter seeing his friend back to normal. They drank gin and told each other random thoughts going on in their heads. John suggested to order pizza for a good movie experience, but Alex was already on a cooking meal. He made some grilled sandwiches, and both friends watched one or two movies. 11.30 in the night, and they both were again blabbing random stuff before they decided to watch another movie. John, who was suggesting that the way they are going, they can binge a whole show. Alex, who didn't buy the idea, kept arguing. It was almost 11.59, when Alex confessed something in a deeper, darker voice. I'm sorry, old friend. I lured you in here, but it wasn't my wife, but me who was possessed. The spirit came inside me after every 12 a.m. I murdered all the people in the town. I ate my baby's heart. My wife witnessed that. She couldn't believe her eyes. She was mad the very next day. <laughs> 